0: Welcome, travelers. I'm Josh. I'm Glenn. And I'm Lee Wanika, and this is Tabletop Journeys, where we will be your humble guides on the quest
1: to RPG adventures. Here at Tabletop Journeys, we are all devoted role players and storytellers at heart, and we absolutely love sharing our passion with you.
2: In our main podcast episodes, we discuss D&D 5E's core rules and ever-expanding content, while also showcasing other RPG systems and bringing you fresh, new projects from indie content creators.
0: Let us help you get the most out of your story, no matter what game world you're playing in, because detailed settings, heroic characters, vibrant NPCs, and a focus on story over rules can make any campaign legendary.
2: message from friends of the show.
3: I'm Madam Chris. And I'm Madam Amy. And we're the hosts of the Madam's podcast, where it's all about movies, minus the mansplaining. Every week, we discuss a film that fits into a quirky theme for the month. And there's plenty of bonus content on our Patreon feed too. So if you're looking for commentary that'll make you laugh and think you found your new favorite show. New episodes of the Madam's drop on Mondays, wherever you get your podcasts. And you can find us on Twitter and Instagram at TheMadam'sPod or on our website, TheMadam'sPod.com.
2: Welcome, everybody, to today's episode. So we are going to be continuing this long string of fantastic interviews that we've had on the show lately. Today, I think, is going to be no exception. But before we get into that, Mr. Miller, Mr. Myers, happy, beautiful, sunny sun up here in Maine anyway. I hope it's beautiful down there for you all. How are you this fine afternoon?
1: Fantastic. It's a lovely day down here. We had our second showing for our house this morning, which was pretty exciting. Congratulations.
2: Congratulations.
1: Maybe somebody will like it and buy it one of these times.
2: (laughs) I am in the same boat, also trying to go ahead and sell our house. So that's. How about you, Mr. Miller? Things are going really good.
0: I'm loving this weekend. Had the pleasure of going to a birthday party for a friend from work. That was amazing. Spent time with her family. Got to know some of her family from OA and beautiful time. Great weekend to be around friends and people you love and care about. In addition to that, I got a lot of good work done on the Kickstarter project. Really putting in the uh, paces. Literally combining my mediums, like I'm doing a lot of my study and theory craft on paper and then transferring that to digital so I can share with you two so nice. we can move forward with that project. Yeah. And these stretch goals are looking a lot of fun and even got a couple ideas for future
2: projects. All
0: I'm going to say about that.
2: For now. <laughs> exactly. We're not, not going to spoil ideas. that one just yet. Yeah. But <laughs> perhaps if you like dragons and mounted combat weaponry, like perhaps there will be another project later this year, fall um, late, really early winter. Maybe in fact, yeah. Yep. As long as, as long as Jenny does not decide to go ahead and have our forthcoming baby early, that, that, that could be a stumbling right. block, but we'll cross that bridge when we come to it. But y'all aren't listening to go ahead and hear us talk about our lives. You instead have joined, joined us today for our latest guest. Adam Powell from Snyder's Return, welcome to Tabletop Journeys. How are you this fine Sunday evening for you?
4: I am very well, thank you, Josh. It's an absolute pleasure to meet each and every one of you. I've been following you guys on on Twitter and well across social media, and it's, it's really good to actually get the chance to speak with you and have a chat with you all.
2: Yeah, I totally agree. And we've been trying to go ahead and put this together again for quite a while. I think you first threw the idea out to us about a year ago, and the time <laughs> yeah. being what it is and everything like that. So, yeah, I'll totally have you on the show. Absolutely. And finally, I think about two months ago, I was like, you know what? I never actually replied to you to go ahead and get this set up. So let's get something on the schedule. So glad that you could go ahead and carve out some time to go ahead and meet with
4: us today. No, not at all. It's, as I say, it's a real pleasure.
2: Cool. Let's start with just a preview of what Snyder's Return is. And then uh, per usual, the three of us will roll initiative and start peppering you with questions from range. Tell us about Snyder's Return. What can we
4: hear over on your channel? I will certainly try not to ramble, but go on at length. Mate. <laughs> so yeah, so Snyder's Return is a tabletop role play and interviews podcast. We've run a couple of different systems. We started with D&D. It was a group we got together, ran a couple of games, started to record it, sounded terrible, kept working on it, got better and have tried a couple of different systems we've rotated a few sort of players and and tried a few different things as we've gone through and in parallel to that we have been lucky enough to get interviews with various content creators from across the ttrpg spectrum some fantastic actual play role players and ttrpg content creators publishers editors and sort of everything in between the, the folks that sort of mix and match and drop into several categories so actual plays we put out on a thursday interviews we put out on a tuesday and then wednesday we dedicate to other podcasts we try and do standalone promos which we then use as mid roll content later on in our actual plays as well
2: awesome that sounds fantastic and sounds very similar to the stuff that we do. So this is great synergy between podcasts. Yeah, absolutely. And yeah, three drops a week.
0: That's a heavy rotation. That's a lot. Yeah. I know we're speaking <laughs> with yes. you, Adam, and I'm going to take a surprise round. What's your, what's the team that you work with? Or is this a, a one person operation?
4: So players are, they're fantastic. The people I've, I've had to play with have been really good. But when it comes to requesting interviews, setting up, recording interviews, editing, both the interviews and the actual play and all that sort of stuff that is a a primarily a one person thing we've commissioned artwork from fantastic artists to do our logo and we've got some character art coming for our actual play but the putting it all together uploading it promoting it reaching out to other people such as your good selves and that that is a pretty much a one person enterprise is that person you
1: yeah. yeah caught didn't want to pat yourself on the back there or admit yeah. to the fact that you were crazy enough to take all of that on but we got yeah. it so,
0: yeah, yeah to coin a phrase and not to be too pejorative you're doing the lord's work right there but that's a lot to put on one person's yeah. shoulder
4: yeah i appreciate the compliments but there's people i know and i have met through the TTRPG, but primarily the podcast community who do so much more than me they find time to stream games plan games run games edit their own and so much more. So my hat goes off to them as your hat comes off to me, I guess. And it all goes <laughs> totally. around in a circle.
2: It really does. That right? Yeah, that's that's absolutely true. Some of the content that, that channels put out there is incredible. And we wish that we had the kind of time and the bandwidth to be able to go ahead and, and do that sort of stuff. Yeah, totally. Dream job, really.
1: Personally, I don't think we're too far off from winding up with a third drop a week with as heavy as our... Uh, Release schedule has been getting if, lately. And as if, much if nothing else, as we because have we in the have
2: camp. six months of AP content behind. So that's... <laughs> <laughs> exactly.
4: I think we're going to wind up running
1: two separate APs. AP. Hey,
2: all right. All that to go ahead and say, gentlemen, I think it is D20 time. So let's get rolling and see how uh, see I how should Adam's get one responds. of those out then. Yeah. I gave you plenty I, of warning. That
1: we were yeah, but by waiting, yeah. it gave me an opportunity to create random chatter in the podcast. Fair that's enough. Great.
2: Yeah. I'm so, built tension. That's a 12 I, for me. Not much tension on that one. That's,
0: Using my lab dice in the effort to ratchet down the tension, my three is coming
2: in pretty close Ooh, to last. Excellent,
1: what? excellent. Not right? a nineteen. I thought that's all you rolled for initiative. I got a
2: ten. What is okay? okay? Excellent, cool. So then that means that uh, so it'll be me, Glenn, Lou, and round one here. All right, excellent. Adam, I don't want to build on something that you said in your introduction there. So you on your website you style yourselves as an actual play podcast that does interviews. The reason why that kind of was interesting to me is because we style ourselves the other way around we're like a content podcast that also does actual plays with our patreons in particular so what do you see as the difference what do you see as the kind of the power balance between those two and did you get into kind of how you got into one or the other as i knew you said you started with the ap stuff and then went hmm. into the interviews or how did that work out
4: so personally i was reintroduced i guess by a work colleague back into anD. i showed us at the end of season one a critical role loved it fell in love with it wanted take it further. And we were, I was listening to Dungeon Drunks, which is now Distinguished Adventures podcast, Lauren Urban, fantastic, probably my favorite DM, not just podcaster, favorite DM. And we were listening to, I was listening to Dice Camera Action, the Chris Perkins Waterdeep adventure. And I was like, you know what? I want to do this. Guys, let's get around the table and let's just try and record it. We haven't got great equipment, but let's just try. So we primarily started out as an actual play podcast. And then it came to editing. And I was like, oh, hang on a minute. This takes longer than I'd anticipated. (laughs) Yes, it does. How do I fill the gap between me learning to edit, putting in all this, even just some music and some sound effects. How do I fill in the gap between episodes while I'm trying to learn how to edit and build a process? What do I do then? What's quicker? Well, interviews just two people, isn't it? Shorter, that's quicker. What I'll do is I'll reach out to the people that have inspired me and see what they've got. So I reached out to Rudy Basso, Lauren Urban, the Taking Initiative podcast, and a few others who I still listen to now. I was like, "Do you want to come on and be a guest?" I've never done this before, so and thankfully, the first one said yes. Then the next one said yes, and then I reached out to a few publishers from people like. Games I'd on drive-through. I was like, "Would you please like to be interviewed by a strange random Englishman with a podcast?" And they were like, <laughs> "Yeah." So it became easier and quicker, but as exciting and interesting to me to run the interviews. And they've just kept track where the editing for the actual play still takes longer than the editing for the interview, yeah. so I balance it out that way. That
2: is something that that I was not aware of when I when we started our actual mm-hmm. play was, and I'm not. I haven't quite nailed down what it is about actual play that takes longer, but it distinctly takes longer to go ahead and interview like in than a regular episode. Much to my chagrin and surprise, that was a fabulous think, answer. Yeah,
0: yeah. I think as the newest editor on our team, and a person who did not know anything about the technology before, I decided, hey, I need to learn this so I can help fill the gaps and speed up the process a bit, so yeah. we can make the uh, drop requirements we've set for ourselves. <laughs> and our audiences come to love and expect. For me, I think the big difference was just a conversation. If there's something that has to be clipped or edited, it's usually an ah, an, uh, um, perhaps smacks. even perhaps yeah. a drop syllable or a misspoke. Like sometimes we might have to edit because we made an error in kind of the nature of an answer. So we yeah. might have to, like a mechanics answer or a mm. question or something. So we have to fix that and post, things like that which are pretty mundane, but in an actual play, you have to be very careful about what you take out. Yeah. You're looking for sounds, background noises that you're clipping. Mm-hmm. You're not taking out speech. Yeah. And if you that's are, fair. it's, am I taking out something that actually impacted how that character acted, reacted or fixed? Yeah. And I think yeah. that's where the difference is. It's they're yeah. just two different things entirely. Right. And one just takes a lot more care and consideration than the other. Not that the other one doesn't have care and consideration,
1: just a different kind. There's a makes. lot more design element going into the AP editing versus the interview. The interview designs itself just based on the flow of the conversation.
4: Yeah, that's yeah. right. 100%. 100%. So,
1: guy is my superpower.
4: That's yeah. <laughs> I mean, one superpower to have. It, it, yeah, absolutely. If you want to share that superpower, I'm open to <laughs> t- collaboration. One of the things I, I did learn early on was I, when I asked a few people, what software are you using they were like audacity and audacity is fine audacity works perfectly well but audacity doesn't if you cut it delete it and you save that file that audio is no longer there and that has body. caught me out several times <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. so i eventually bit the bullet and purchased a reaper license i ended up buying another mm. one because i had to anyway so I got Reaper. So if I delete something, I just drag the file across, and it rebuilds the audio. It's yeah. always there underneath. And it, yeah. that has allowed me to set up templates and profiles and cut everything down a lot quicker. So that was something I'd learned from experience. Yeah.
2: Not that this is the editing tool showcase. However, we so we so <laughs> as you can see, we do our recording on Zencaster, which we yeah. love for a myriad of reasons but we use their post production uh, capability and then we take those oh. files that come out of their post production and we run them through a tool called Descript which is again another web based yes. tool i guess it's not yeah. really web based it is it is a, a client but the greatest thing about Descript is are two things one there is a filler word filter so it kind of Descript's kind of claim to fame is it pairs the audio file and the transcript so you can edit the audio by editing the transcript mm. which is really handy and it allows things for like a filler word filter, so I can like search for every instance of and just delete it, just get rid of it altogether. Um, and it, it's lossless also, so like, if I really need to go ahead and build one back in, or if it if it overcorrected or something like that, yeah. um, so that that's one thing. The other thing is that it lets me edit at one and a half times speed. Those twelve hour actual plays actually only go ahead and take eight hours to listen to, which really dramatically pretty uh, yeah. cuts down the uh, cuts <laughs> down the other. So. Yeah, 100%. So, anyway, we're not sponsored by either of them. We would love to be. However, if you're interested, <laughs> you know how to reach us. DJ get- all that, Mr. Myers, I believe it is
1: still. I'm supposed to. Ask. We've been talking a lot about the editing, so I'm going to use that as a good segue. And originally, one of my questions, I believe I've found the, my own answer to. So I'm going to alter it slightly because I'm betting. Where did it go? Based on the link to Epidemic Sounds, that's the service you use for your audio clips and
4: sound effects. Uh, primarily, yes. I have, so my original, again, that's all right. We have commissioned so the introduction music for our city of player city of mist actual play, Medler's Monsters and Mabin, has commissioned intro and outro music, but the awesome. sound effects and background music you hear behind is Epidemic Sounds. It's a fantastic resource, and I know there are many others, and I'm sure there's a, a great number of, of recommendations to be made for just this part of podcasting alone. But Epidemic was recommended once. I used it. I found I liked it. And it enables me to use it for the podcast, the YouTube channel, both which I'm now converting the audio files into video files. And in the future, when I find time, I will be making video YouTube content. But it's all, it's all in a process. So Epidemic Sounds allows me to assign my account to those social media things so I don't get in trouble, basically, because I don't want to get in trouble.
1: Nobody does. <laughs> so now Epidemic Sounds is what you settled on. Was that the first one you tried? Because that's how I was going to alter my question. Or did you try others before? And if so, which ones have you tried? And what makes Epidemic Sounds better than them?
4: Oh, that's a tough question. I think pretty much that was the first one I settled on. I'm trying to think of the other ones. There is, what's it called? The Dungeons and Dragons podcast the dm russ recommended a site that they use and i can't remember for the life of it but it is royalty free music made by one person and his name escapes me and that is the name of the website and that's really gonna bug me but yeah so epidemic sounds was the one i was primarily concentrating on. fair enough
0: i'm gonna go to a question i was gonna ask later but because we've just mentioned City of Mist, which I'm very intrigued by. I was going to go right into a question. I, City of Mist is something you've been doing a lot recently. Got to mm-hmm. listen to episodes there. And it's also a game that I received as a present recently. And I, it's still in the shrink wrap. Like, I have not mm-hmm. opened it yet. A friend really wants to get together a game. And it's something that I wanted to look into So I guess, what can you tell me about the game system that's going to help me kind of get started? And what can you tell our audience that's going to send them out to their local stores so more of them are going to be grabbing that and uh, my local shop is going to have a run on City of Mist box sets?
4: Well, City of Mist by Sun of Oak is a narratively driven, powered by the the apocalypse-based tag system. So it is very much centered around a almost a television, Netflix, Amazon Prime or whatever streaming service kind of show where the action is focused on the characters, but you're also allowed the MC who runs the game, the Master of Ceremonies, who runs the game for the crew that is created, allows the players to see behind the curtain. So you do cutaways to what the villain is doing or what is happening across the other side of the city and things like that. The way that the, the threats, the villains or obstacles in the game are handled is for example in some systems maybe if you're sneaking trying to move through city streets and down an alley you would have to roll a perception check or have passive perception to know if someone was watching in city of mist you you build that theater that theatrical moment by the mc describing that someone is there in the shadows blade drawn waiting to drop upon the party and it builds the tension With a little bit of metagaming, but that helps the players buy in with their characters' sort of unwitting entry into this tense engagement, this conflict. The system is 2D6. They do have bespoke dice that look very good, but it also uses tags. So your character is built up of two parts not the greatest word I've ever used for a description but they are two parts they are part mythos and part logos your logos is your everyday life you could be the postman a firefighter a delivery person for a fast food chain whatever that is your day to day life and the struggles that has balanced against your mythos which is where you've been touched by a supernatural entity you have an essence of that that is released through you so for example One of the uh, starter set characters has the mythos of Little Red Riding Hood, which allows her cloaked uh, Red Hood to help her vanish into shadows, and she has a crossbow that can be magically created for times of need. But on the flip side of her character, she is looking after her, if memory serves, it's her girlfriend. So the character Scarlet has to balance a relationship against a vigilante lifestyle. Tags are used so if you want to hit with all you've got which is one of the moves and really lay into a, an enemy you declare what you're going to do describe it and then you choose the tags that are appropriate to your action and then that adds oh sorry that acts as the modifier to your dice roll and because it's powered by the apocalypse based 1 through i think it's 1 through 6 is is like a failure 1 through 5 6 through 9 and then 10 plus i think i'm pretty sure that's the way it breaks down your degrees of success and within those degrees of success is where the story is like many games have started to use more often you fail forward a lot more with these style of games push through there's a lot of investigation in some other systems if you walk into an office you would have to investigate the office to find it of mist It's driven that you walk in the office and you find something. Maybe it's got a letterhead on it and that's described by the MC. And then you investigate the link between the letterhead and the case that you're investigating. So there's a lot more given to the characters, therefore the players to build this narrative. So it's supernatural, investigative, investigative, I hate that word, supernatural, (laughs) and you research things, you look into things with a really cinematic float. No, thank the you. Being I the,
2: was the chief word builder here in, on the podcast. So he invents words all the time. So don't worry about that. Yeah.
0: Investigative yeah. is actually a investigative
4: word. Investigative is a is real word. That's, that's, it's just a difficult word
1: to pronounce.
4: Nice. Yeah, and It's just not trying to say it. Yeah.
0: It's flawed in its execution, regardless of who's trying to execute it.
4: Very much. Thank cool. you
0: very much for that answer, I was not aware that it was a Powered by Apocalypse build. I might have been a little less apprehensive because I've played several Powered by the Apocalypse games. So now that I know the system that's behind the game, Mm. that makes it a lot easier to jump into the game. So that's helpful. I did, for whatever reason, I didn't see it. Like I was literally was given the box and, hey, we're going to play this sometime this fall. And I got it a few months ago. I'm like, oh, okay. And, uh, but I'm like, I'm still working on other games right now. Right, exactly. uh, Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I'm still watching how-to videos for another game that I'm going to be starting brand new. So it's like I set that aside as the back burner thing, but now that I know Mm. what it's all about, that's definitely going to rise a little further because who who in the RPG community's shelves aren't filled
2: with games they've yet to get to play?
4: I could just lift books from next to me and and you... Yeah. 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 Yeah.
2: I would do that, but, but right now all those odd. books are for games that I haven't played or covered by figs I haven't painted yet, so... That's good motivation. But, it's only, because,
1: but yeah. it's only because I've been cleaning out my life to make room slash less room that's, that's to get fair. into an RV, yeah. so I don't have very yeah. many books left on my shelf. <laughs>
0: well, to be fair, Glenn, I have a digital file of games that I've picked up from mm-hmm. RPG mm-hmm. that is just, just as count. deep as my physical yeah. books.
2: Okay. Alright, gentlemen, let's... Alright, d twenty. So to the ready for round two. Let's see. Round two. That is a sixteen. Fourteen! For- Natural 20 for Leo and Nico? Is that what that is? I
0: am celebrating the natural 20. <laughs> Try my outstretched arms, my triumphant right. gaze, as I look upon those before me. Bro, I thought you were just staring
1: out your pits. <laughs>
0: it's warm. <laughs> I've got the AC going, but it is warm. I, I, oh.
2: no,
4: sometimes you can do double duty. Love so, you my can friend. see,
2: Adam, we are a classy podcast.
1: Very
4: classy, uh, refined I Yeah expected nothing less
2: to drag us into the
1: mud yet again my friends <laughs>
0: yeah <laughs> set in the bar so having listened to uh, several of your episodes i listened to a couple interviews i listened to several of the uh, of the actual play episodes i'm actually going to go back and try to jump into a lot more detail specifically on some of the city of mist because i didn't i haven't yet got them in order but that's okay. something i'm definitely going to do because i'm very intrigued i'm enjoying what, I, what i'm hearing Give me an idea of your history with the podcast. Where did you come from? What's your gaming history? Like, how did you start into TTRPGs? And you already told us how you got into the podcasting bit of it. Mm. But really, focusing on where you started with gaming and what are the types of games or what are the games that you kind of always go back
4: to? Sure, yeah. Uh, In my youth, my old man, we had a copy of Hero Quest knocking about I, I don't mm. know if all the bits were in there but Hero Quest was there so we, I had some experience with that Space Parts of. it's like we went to a boot sale like a, a junk sale and ended up with parts of board games we had Space Hulk parts of Space Hulk knocking about that played with for a bit Choose Your Own Adventure books had a, quite an impact on me some reading in, in, in my early years and then loved them yeah absolutely
2: absolutely loved those yep, big fan yeah
4: and then I tried the Warhammer thing one, I just couldn't get into it. I tried Warhammer and then 40K. I couldn't really sit with either. I was either too young, too distracted, or too stupid, or a mixture of all three. And that sort of fell by the wayside pretty quick. After that, I, I won't say I grew up because that's not fair. I just got distracted by sort of work and studies and all that all the other sort of stuff. And when I started working professionally, it was basically then gone into the ether. And so I've, a work colleague of mine said, look, we're going on this deployment. Do you want to try D&D? I'm like, well, I know of d and I've seen the cartoons. I've seen the books, the arcade games and things like that. Sure, why not? So he brought his stuff. We made characters while we are on deployment. There was a, a group of us. He ran us through the Lost Mines of Phandelver, and then parts of the Horde of the Dragon Queen, which, although linear, is not a, an easy Scenario to run because I think nearly TPK just like two or three sessions in.
0: Yeah. <laughs> anyway, so that's a that's actually a pretty rough one.
4: It's fun, but it can get tough. Yeah. There's a land, they always land, get dicey. Yeah. L- nice. Landerosa Cinderoth, I think, is the Dragonborn's name that you meet outside this settlement, and he just abs. Even with us rolling, this character just annihilated pretty much the party, and we had to retreat and all the. It was well, that's fun. The one in,
0: that's the part that was in the mill, correct? If, is that the right one? That's, I
4: believe so, yeah. Yeah. I, I'd have yeah. to go back and look at it. but
0: Yeah, that scenario was... Yeah, we got close on that one. I was worried about our chances of success there.
4: So played through that and started to enjoy it more and more. And then my friend, the DM at the time, was like, I want to play now. <laughs> Any chance? <laughs> and the others in the group were like, oh, this looks too complicated. And I was like, if you walk me through the first one, just a one-shot, just to ease me in from behind the screen, where I should be looking, what I should be thinking of, where I should be referring to, and things like that, I'll give it a go. Sure. And from then, I then did that weird transition where I stepped behind the screen, and he jumped out from behind it like a jackrabbit. He was out from behind that DM screen as quick as he could possibly move. Oh, yes, and he had found
1: his replacement. He,
4: he was had yep, someone to, else to bear the burden. <laughs> You gave him
1: a sock and Dobby is a free elf. (laughs)
4: Dobby is a free elf (laughs) now. So we played, came back and we have run games for each other since, but I became the de facto DM, which I really enjoyed. I loved. While everyone wants to heavily invest in one character and I deeply respect that of players wanting to have that emotional connection. The fact I got to open a book and play any and every character just gave me a sense of freedom. And I was like, in this scenario, this NPC is going to turn up and he's going to sound like this. And just rolled with it like that. Oh, I, I want to throw in this monster I haven't tried before. Ah, this should be all right. Let's give it a go. Sometimes it went well. Sometimes it went badly. But I tried and it allowed me to experiment. And the, the players were really open to, let's have a one-shot and throw a beholder in there. Let's see what level seven characters can do against a, a beholder and test, test some of the mechanics and have a bit of fun together. From there. I was like, well, there's all these other systems. So we was, I started picking up, and during the course of some interviews, some of the publishers were kind enough to send things. So we we played the Free League Alien RPG. Love oh, it. Absolutely so highly good. recommend it if you haven't played it yeah. yet. Oh, it was so good. We did yeah, that for Halloween last year. <laughs>
2: it's a show favorite, without a doubt.
4: Yeah. 100%. We may re uh, air that so, one for
2: Halloween this year, actually. Yeah. Anyway, carry on.
4: all so right. there's more of that then since you've had that response but we'll come circle maybe circle back around to that eventually then there was city of mist and a few other home games whilst on a more recent deployment i was able to try out seven different ttrpgs just with the group because we're all effectively trapped together we all had dice or dice we could share and it was like we've done a one shot in this we played that for three or four sessions let's try the witcher rpg let's try a one shot with jeff stormer's mission accomplished just a fun single session game and it was great the modiphius 2d 20 fallout game been able to run that and have a bit of fun with that and try those mechanics so as i have developed in age and developed as a podcaster it's allowed me to expand my ttrpg knowledge and experience different game mechanics and different game styles different player styles and different styles of play from having the campy fun stuff to having that dirty, gritty stuff to having that really heavily invested emotional connection within the group where there is that sense of electricity just in a moment between the group and which all part of the role play, but it's there. And they're the sort of the moments I almost live for and thrive for when I come to the table. I don't try and force those, but it's great when they happen. That's a great answer.
1: Fantastic answer yeah. very well said and i gotta say i could yeah. listen to you talk all day
2: yeah <laughs> well, absolutely I, right
4: i do have an actual play and interviews podcast if you want to subscribe it's on many yeah. platforms <laughs> sorry yeah you, you mentioned uh listening to some of the city missed episodes what i've tried to do because we recorded for three four hours something like that i've tried to make each a commuter link so they're anywhere from 25 to 45 50 minutes One, because I can't edit anything longer than that without my mind just exploding because of the time it takes. (laughs) And two, it's nice to have something you can guarantee to be listened to and then the story can move on. There are shows that run on three, four hours an episode. And personally, I struggle to maintain the concentration and the flow of the story with those. So I tried to tailor our podcast to fit that shorter form content without being too short. Just trying to find that night's niche for us. Yeah,
2: no, totally. We we struggled with that choice when we first got into the actual play game. We we wanted to, uh, we knew that we wanted to get into actual play. We knew that we wanted to offer it as a Patreon benefit, so we knew like where we were going to pull players from and everything like that. So that was going to be great. But we went back and forth on whether or not to do short form episodes or do like full session episodes to the point that like we went out to our facebook and twitter followers and said hey look here's the deal we're doing an ap how do you consume it how do you how would you want to consume it And everything like that and probably two or three to one wanted short episodic and so that's why we aim for about an hour per episode and everything mm-hmm. like that so we'll carve up those uh, those sessions into hour-long episodes and that kind of allows us to put one out every week which is nice because otherwise if we did four hours at a shot first of all we don't record that fast and second of all like we do one a month one every two months something like that because we just yeah. wouldn't be able to turn around But yeah, it's, it, was, uh, it was interesting. I honestly wasn't sure how it was going to wind up. And I prefer the shorter form, too. Cause same thing. If I'm driving somewhere, I want to be able to put on an episode and kind of get the beginning, get the end, and be teased for the next one. So, yeah, I love that format.
1: I used to think originally when we first presented this, art, this discussion, I'm like, why does it matter? Put it out as a four-hour block. If they're done because their commute's over, they can just pause it and move on. But really yeah. thinking about it, it's not the same. Yeah. dividing it into the individual episodes you're picking a stopping place for them instead of having yeah. to stop in the middle of an action scene because they're there, you get a little bit of preview in at the beginning mm, yeah. Yeah, it's a better choice, yeah. Yeah. bite-sized pieces Exactly.
3: Ah, welcome travelers time has passed since we last spoke but if you look to the horizon if you stare to the stars can you see it? it is all taking shape now Have you heard the call of the sea and the clash of swords from the lands of the boiling seas? Have you stared down metropolitan alleys and thought for a moment you saw movement? Have you journeyed to the abyss and been shaped by the things that dwell in the shadows? Have you left all of that behind and traveled to the outlands? Our latest offering heroic subclasses of the multiverse, successfully funded in 72 hours. Join now to reap the benefits as we expand it to include all our stretch goals. Go to www.ttjourneys.com slash kickstarter for more information and weekly updates. Fairtime friends, for legends await.
2: Might as well keep rolling, Glenn. you got the initiative, so. Oh, good.
1: Fantastic. On the editing front, because we wound up back in that direction, you have three different GMs, GMs, storytellers is what we call them, on Snyder's Return, running different games. But you're the only editor, which brings me to wonder how much input do or or how much do you lean on the gms that ran the sessions to help come up with the cohesive story for their final product before it's released before it comes out
4: though technically i don't want to make it more awkward than it needs to be but so the other dms on the site have run games more so they have run the odd sessions and things like that but they haven't run anything for the podcast in a little while so it's primarily rather self-absorbed almost but it's my input, my content, my interaction with players that then goes into my choice to edit and my choice to, to cut and where to put the mid-roll and how the story structure is, which is why I have another three quarters of an AP recorded that I haven't even got to yet. That's using the Disc Army Bessem system, which is more sort of an anime-focused D6-style system. Not powered by the apocalypse, but D6. I have... Im- I've got so many games. I've got a notepad just over to my right-hand side that has so many different podcast actual play concepts in it that every time I open it and put a new idea down, I worry that I'm never going to get to run any of them. It's almost like I need to stop myself thinking about the future so I can concentrate on the now. But if I concentrate on the now, there's going to be nothing for the future. And it's a strange sort of balance I've landed myself in. The other DMs I still talk with are still these with uh, I still bounce ideas off of away from the podcast in that respect so the stuff I'm editing for Meddler's Mod- Meddler's Monsters and Madmen at the moment I, I recorded the tail ender last year but because of my work commitment I had to put I had an enforced sort of 6 month delay which meant I couldn't release the episodes I couldn't edit I was away from my computer and stuff like that so I'm playing catch up on the stuff I already have ready to record one shots and things in the future so there is always something fresh Air quotes, because of time of release and editing and things like that. Something fresh coming from the show. Really enjoyed recording C- the City Mist game and the story that we put together with the players. We still have that chat open in our Discord. That's where our character art is coming from Akonomi from, uh, Art. Fantastic character artist. They've done artwork for other podcasts and things like that. So look them up if you need character art and they're available for commissions. So while I still have that pool to pull from, careful use of English there, I primarily do the actual plays myself, effectively.
1: The reason for the question was, I'm not currently running editing for our show, though I do have some editing ability. But if I Hmm. run a game, I'm trying to figure out how to run that balance if somebody else is editing it, but I'm the one that ran it and trying to figure out how that piece could work together. But you're not having that issue at the
4: moment. Yeah. It would be nice to have that issue, to to have that sort of creative share and that balance with someone that I deal with to either, even if I concentrate on the, whatever the system storytelling and they would take on some of the editing responsibilities. And, but then if I, again, selfishly, if I give it over to them, is it, is it mine? Do I critique their music choices and sound effect choices? Do it, where do I let go of, right. of, of your what baby? I've nurtured? It's yeah. that thing. Yeah. I know. There, uh, there's preach. a solid I, amount I, of
1: I,
0: yeah. there's a solid amount of trust that has to be built um, when you start sharing editing. Mm. I can understand why director, editing, partnerships in television and movies can get so heated and just break down so they never work <laughs> together again or yeah. they work together so well once that they always work together in the future. Yeah. I understand that cuz I know yeah. when I ran One of the APs that I ran myself and that I did the editing on, it was very easy for me because I knew what was coming. So I'm like, as I was going, like, I know where I can make this cut because I know what's coming. And oh, man, you know, the player just didn't say that word very well. It's not going to sound great, but I know they say it five minutes from now so I can clip that bit, paste it here, and then we can move forward and it'll be seamless. But I know that because I ran it, I was present, I was cognizant of those details, and I ran the game knowing that I was going to be doing the editing. So I kind of always had that mindset going in and throughout it. So it gave me a bit of a leg up there, but I'm not terribly comfortable editing somebody else's AP for exactly those same reasons. Hmm. I don't know if I'm clipping something that just sounded off to me that there isn't a better way to say it down the road. Before I didn't do that, I get where you're coming from, and but that's why we have a team because
1: uh, we can <laughs> yeah. yeah. navigate that. But yeah, that's um, why well, we're lucky because we have a team, we're highly yeah. blessed. Yeah, I mean,
4: I have for the interviews, which are although they are more personal because it's just myself and the guest, and we're having a chat because it is just intro, interview, outro done. I have Put that out and got or hired, effectively. Nikki from Beholder to No One podcast. She does editing. She runs, get. she's fantastic. Does all sorts of things. Runs, streams, plays, and also does editing and TTRPG content sort of curation. I have had her edit a few of my interviews, or hired her to edit a few of my interviews. And the, her quality is, is exceptional. But again, I enjoy listening back to the interview because it allows me to find the links. If the guest has said, I'm working on this project, or you can find me here, I make sure I pick that up and I put that in the, the description in the podcast and things. And if I haven't edited it, I've been there for the once and then it comes back to me as finished. I would still have to re-listen to it to make sure I don't miss anything in the episode description. So yep. I can just do that while I'm sat there chopping out my awkward silences and lip smacking sounds and all that sort of stuff. <laughs> yep
2: totally oh the joys of editing podcasts i'm telling you it's like <laughs> it is a fine art <laughs> on mm. some levels like it takes a steely constitution to go ahead and get through it sometimes i'm going to go a totally different direction i'm going to get off editing here for a minute here i uh, one of the things that struck me about the way that the content of your interviews is that you really have interviewed everybody like some folks that, that we've had on our show, like James Tricasso and stuff like mm. that. I saw your interview with Ajit George, which was fantastic. Uh, we would love to have Ajit on the show, that sort of thing. But again, you, like you said at the kind of the beginning, there, you've talked with indie creators, you've talked with other podcasters, you've talked with industry professionals, everything like that. So I'm gonna ask you uh, the Who's your favorite child question, but put it in a <laughs> little different wrapper here. Who is someone that you have had on the show before that you would absolutely make space in your calendar again if they called you today and said that they have a project coming up
4: and that they wanted to discuss it with you? I'd like to say that was a difficult question to answer and a hard choice to make. But I, I mentioned it before. If Lauren Urban of the Distinguished Adventures podcast, and she was, she may still be with Idol Champions, uh, the company that sort of puts that out. If she say look I'm working on something are you available for a chat 100% I would try and reorganize my work life chat. <laughs> she's incredibly talented as a musician she's incredibly talented as a podcaster she's incredibly talented as a stream role play or just role player she is very good as a dungeon master she has a wealth of experience and just brings so much to the table I have as you mentioned, been incredibly lucky to speak to James Intracaso, Bitae Walters. Ajit is, what do you say? He's in India at the moment, supporting Shanti Bhavan. He was kind enough just to say, look, I go to, I fly out on this date, if you can get me in before, and I'm there. I, I will move whatever I can at almost heaven and earth, but not quite that sort of biblical in scale. I will move what I can in my schedule to to make that happen. I will stay up till four in the morning if, it can, if it's convenient for your time zone because time zones are a real killer when you're not on the same continent. We have done a bunch of shows with a
2: friend in Australia, although hmm. not lately. We haven't talked to Zuga in a while, but but yeah, that was fun because it was either like, okay, we're meeting at three o'clock in the morning our time here in the East Coast or we're meeting at 11 o'clock at night his time kind yeah. of thing or four in the morning his time. It was very, uh, it was very difficult to manage. And yeah. Ajit was very kind. We just released an episode on the Radiant Citadel book. He was very kind to go ahead and, and retweet. Uh, he had listened mm-hmm. to our episode and really enjoyed it. So, that's, yeah. so That was like, Which yes, was awesome. we have
0: arrived! I was uh, a bit beside myself. I'm like, wow. <laughs>
2: yeah.
0: I'm continually enraptured by the love and support this community has yes. the power to give. Yeah. It's pretty impressive. And specifically on a project like the radiant citadel i would not have expected less but it is still a whole separate level of cool when you see it and when you feel that because when i saw that that tweet i was
2: i was very happy it was like when we had the chance to talk with hannah rose and sadie lowry too i was like these are people that like have like their name on the front of books it's like okay cool and they were absolutely lovely to have and the yeah. interviews were fantastic and very complimentary. They liked our show. So it was like, yep. yes. And okay. the continuing <laughs>
0: conversations and tweets that we've yeah. had uh, since mm. have been yeah. equally impressive yeah. and inspiring. Like, yeah. they're just was... great people to get to know.
1: Cool. And all those connections, they're just forming such a wide network of incredible people that yeah. we get to hang out and chat with. And it's awesome.
4: Absolutely. It's one of the strengths I've found, not just within the TTRPG family as a whole, even down into the actual play and TTRPG podcast community. And I know the streaming community has its sort of strengthening ties and bonds as well, but the podcast community really seems to support each other and shout each other out and look after each other. And that has at times when it hasn't always been easy to sit at the computer and start clicking through files and trying to organize my life in that respect to try and get an episode out. People who have maybe retweeted once or supported once or chatted once or on discords together and things like that, who have given just a word of support or it can be a thumbs up or a retweet and you feel energized by them and in turn want to energize others.
0: I think our community has the ability to be self not just a self-sustaining, but a self-propagating battery of positive energy. And we continue to do the things. And that's not to say any community is perfect. There are those who, of course, rightfully are exiting our community from time mm. to time because they're not the ones that are being supportive in various ways. But on the whole, I have found more support from this community than negative, And I'm here for it all day.
4: Cool. And all night. And every weekend. and yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Twice on Sunday. Yeah. yeah.
2: <laughs> All right. I think we have one more round in us based on time here. So, d20s to the ready. Big money, big money, no whammy. That's a seventeen for me.
1: I got another fourteen. I'm at a fifteen. Ooh. Okay. Cool. So I get to go first again. <laughs> I have to go
2: last. <laughs> That's actually right. that, just that means, means that... I get to close out the show. See exactly that means you get <laughs> oh, the last see. questions. The established position here. Right? So, cool. All right. Hopefully, a shorter answer than uh, some of the other ones here. I want to know an interview that you've had on your show that has inspired other content. Either it's inspired another AP that you were going to go ahead and do or a direction for the show or something like that. So
4: that's... I'm not sure that will be a shorter answer. Having spoken with so many different content creators running so many or producing so many different systems and even like James Intricasso not only ran a podcast, he ran a podcast network, he produces games, he publishes games, he's worked or is working most recently with MCDM and things like that although he stepped away so Hannah Rose who you, you've spoken to yeah. could step up into that he really helped energize and kick me into the D&D proper and chasing that podcasting dream interesting uh, at times felt like a nightmare but like for i spoke to tom thomas horenstein from free league and just listening to him talk about games like Simbrum and, and Alien and things like that and then I got to speak to, to Gasker and his input on the Alien game and I was like, oh, I must play Alien. So I've got like an Alien one-shot that I'm, I'm farming out as the wrong word? I'm offering out to various shows and this is one of the things that I was going to come to is one I will throw in your direction for your consideration. There's, I spoke to Brian C.P. Steele just the other day with respect to Essence 20 and running Power Rangers and Transformers and turning the Essence 20 20 toolkit into a toy box. I'm stealing that because he stole it. So that's a third handed steal of a Discord conversation, but it's true. And it gets like I've got the book, so many books next to me. I, I recently spoke about the, or interviewed one of the people for the, the, I like Free League, the Free League game, Vesson. And it's. Vesson's sort of, so good. It, yeah. <laughs> it's supernatural so good. investigation. It's yeah. got so Nordic many medieval to, investigation horror. Oh, it's yeah. so good. <laughs> it's so each person I speak to energizes me in a new and different way, which is why this notepad is filling up quickly, but it's too much for me to produce. I, it's So I have to thank James Intricasso for kickstarting me into the D&D run, which helped launch into all these other games and game systems and things. So yeah, that wasn't any shorter than the last one. I apologize. Oh, that's fine.
2: Yeah. And <laughs> I, James Intricasso was such... It was amazing to me how down to earth James mm. is for all of the amazing things that he has done in the TTRPG space. Like it's, and it was, and it was a fascinating interview. Just first of all, getting it, it getting really the things that he's done <laughs> it was really good. Yeah.
0: The hardest thing about that interview was keeping it tailored just to the TTRPG audience and the TTRPG stuff. Because once I found out about his pre TTRPG career, working with Discovery and, and all of that, yeah. and some yeah. of those interviews. Are you kidding me right now? Those are my shows. Those are the yeah. things that I watch. And here he is, and he started yeah. talking about commercials that he's worked on. I'm like, I remember those commercials. Yes. Like I've been down with this guy for longer than I even knew this guy.
1: So, yeah, Behind some of those schemes, games they just don't get enough credit.
0: Yeah, yeah. If if GI Joe ever appears on that Notepad, I'm all in. And Transformers, all in. Big fan of both of those uh, IPs. Yeah, I've
4: yeah, yeah I've got the. I've already got a Transformers thing worked up. I've got a pre ordered the hardcover cover book. I've got it on roll twenty. I don't know if it works on roll twenty at a time of recording, but I've pre ordered it on roll twenty. These are games that, that excite me because they can run the gamut of can be fun for the right group and it can be gritty and down to down in the dirt with other groups, but we can all find the game we want from the memories we have from our yeah. childhoods. So, yep. Hey Mr. Miller
0: final right. question. That actually was largely one of my questions. I'm going to skip that and go right to my last question, which is, if you were to direct our audience to a few of your favorite episodes of your show, I'm not asking you to pick your number one episode, but what are some of the titles of episodes that you think display what your show is about, your show at its best, that's going to draw in that audience so you can get those repute. Repeat listens
1: and downloads. Which one's going to capture them?
0: Yeah. Can you give us a couple of those that really display your style, your technique, just so the audience can grab in? And I think I may have already hit some of those, but in Mm. case I missed one of those, I want to grab those next.
4: Uh, (laughs) Yeah, of course. (laughs) Feed Uh, me my
0: next listen if you'd be so bad.
4: Fair enough. For pure out and out inspiration to become almost the best you can be, I did an interview with be Dave Walters. And the man speaks from the heart. The interview brings out so much energy and passion. He describes his process, how he got into TTRPGs later in life and things like that. And he's mentioned it a couple of times on Twitter, but the success he's had in the TTRPG arena happened to him after the age of 40. I'm nearly there now, and I feel like I'm not leaps and bounds ahead of him, but I'm leaps and bounds of where I was five six years ago for sure never give up on that dream that interview will inspire you to go and create and be uh, he lists how many hours are in a week and from that you're just like wow how am i using them what can i use them for and it's just a, a fantastic interview he's been on other shows and done the same thing he's done webinars and things but while my interview with lauren will forever remain my top one because i think of how amazing she is oh i think she is as a ttrpg content creator for sheer inspiration to really push yourself and drive yourself be i don't know if there is anyone better than b dave waters in that respect what he brings to the community we did a four-part alien one shot i know it's four parts and that's not technically well but it was a, a short episodic show for alien one shot
1: session equals four or five episodes it, it's it, cool
4: and for City and Mist, just to, to get in on the bottom, a day in the life of is our introduction. It sets up the characters, sets up the mystery, starts with a nice sort of groove into to what the city is and ends with an explosion. What more do you want? A nice city, there's an explosion at the end that sets up the rest of the story.
1: That sounds fantastic.
4: So have a check of those. It introduces each of the characters, shows a little bit behind their daily life. It's one of the more popular episodes. So if you, if you like it, Please continue to listen on to the rest of them. They're, as I said earlier, between 25 and sort of 40, 50 minutes long of just, I'm not going to try and say that word, investigation and supernatural forces and inter-character relationships, both in a skewed and strange place and also a supportive way as well. There's some humor in there. And at the start of each of the episodes, which you may have noticed, we do a little newsreel, which gives a little bit of foreshadowing either to the rest of the plotline or even to that individual episode. And we've had some guests. We've had B. Dave do one, Kevin Carpenter that, that does the City of Mist YouTube stuff as well as on their Discord. We've had other podcasters and things like that read in like a newsroom to correspondent interaction that helps set up the episode. And then we move on through... We do a mid-roll ad, so there is a break in the middle, so you get to find out about other fantastic shows. This one has been one of them and will be one of them again. So you can not only listen to our content, you can find out about other content, and you can follow the links in our descri- podcast description and go and support others in the community as well as our own show. I didn't sell my show very well, but I think I sold everybody else's <laughs> one. I think you
0: sold out. your show expertly because those, yeah. that's exactly like I caught Episodes of City of Mist, but that day in the life is not one of them. So that's going to be my next lesson for certain.
2: Yeah. Yeah. All right, Mr. Myers. The, the final, final question. Final
1: Take us home, John. kid. All right. So, Adam, where do you see Snyder's return going from here? Like a sneak peek at any upcoming projects, guests, or anticipated uh, anticipated AP ideas from your notebook that you think you actually are running next? What's coming soon?
4: Okay. Out comes the notebook, just so I don't lie to myself. I told you me. to all of this also. By and the that's... way,
0: this is like signing it in blood, by the way. It's the digital version.
4: Oh, I'm dragging you into every single one of these. So, <laughs> I you won't are even in kick some... and
0: scream. I won't even kick and scream.
4: So, we've got the, the alien one shots that I'm pushing out to mainly podcasts at the moment because the, that's the community I'm invested with most. So, there's going to be alien. One shots, but they're all going to be based around one vessel. So one vessel is like a troop transport for the Colonial Marines, and then each of the shows that come on as guests deploy from the one that one vessel to go and do a mission each. Whether they survive and come back to the ship, or if they perish while they're in the course of their duties, that all adds to the narrative that will continue as a, a like a core through the middle as each of these Colonial Marine teams deploy out to these on these various missions. So that's one thing we're reaching out and planning on. I've got an Acton, Cthulhu, the 2D20 system running in the background. you are pumping out a lot of adventures for that at the moment. So there's some great shows running, games either based on the system or based on the modules themselves. So pluck their successes and then bring the whole thing into the modern era. So the agents that, that actually work for Section M, I've loosely told them Section M23 because it's a motorway here in the UK, will <laughs> follow up on the clues laid in the foundations of these archived cases, investigating Blower crystals, Cthulhu agents and things like that. So the sort of, the open World War Two conflict that happens in the background will be a little bit of history, but we're still going to touch backwards and forwards as we sort of dart between the modern times investigating and going and looking how the, the adventures were resolved through the a sort of a, historical lens almost playing with the time a little bit but not too time confuddled not I'm full the, on
1: timey wimey
4: yeah no what's the other one so i've written loads of notes for the power rangers rpg which is going to have a slight when i say slight an ever-growing because i can't help myself an ever-growing transformers influence because of the way the essence 20 system works you can mm-hmm. run the two almost seamlessly gi joe is another one that that i potentially could Slot into this ever growingly convoluted jigsaw puzzle that I'm putting together with the Essence 20 system. What else? Interview wise, I have reached out to some really good people in the community. I have a provisional, and I will say it as a provisional, interview with Greg Tito and Shelley Massanoble of Wizards of the Coast later in the year. Hopefully that all works out due to schedules and conflicts. And I'm sure yourselves have realized scheduling conflicts for interviews can just. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I'm still trying to not where I'm still trying to get back into sort of being a player. So I was part of the response team Omicron, the Omnicron, the Lancer RPG podcast. I was lucky enough to be a player on that under Fenn's fantastic GMing. But again, I had to deploy and therefore my entire podcasting existence stopped for about six months. So I had to drop out of that game and other things. And now I'm slowly picking all that back up. There's a, a few other, games I've been inquiring about and seeing if I can line up my schedule with that but I I don't want to betray what they are until I'm actually involved if that makes any sense but there are actual plays that I would like to be involved with and I have inquired about things I'd like to guest on, guests I'd like to have on, your good selves and a few others, shows for interviews and then shows for one shots and things. I feel like if I stop the wheels are going to fall off and I'll end up going nowhere so I'm trying to keep it moving, keep engaging with the community, supporting the community where I can uh, and where we can as a show, supporting other content creators and even like artists or musicians or how, accessories. We've got some wonderful stuff from, I bought it, but we've got some stuff from Arcane Spectacles, the tabletop ac- accessories company. Fantastic couple of people that, that that work so hard to produce these really high quality accessories that that I use. And again, I've got one for a paladin, but because I don't play D&D that often, I haven't had the chance to really use it for my smites and things like that. So I'm trying to tie it all back in together so I can make the most use of my time, both to benefit what I want to do with the podcast and how I want to be involved with the community as well. You've
0: made our short list of people who will be invited to some of our one shot, a podcast yep. collaboration event. So fear not. We'll, we yes, will uh, yeah, I've right written that
1: down already, contact. but I wasn't going to just throw it out there without talking. On the same page.
2: Yeah, no, absolutely. And if you ever need us to go ahead and come and run your Transformers game with you, like absolutely. Yes. That um, aliens one shot sounds. like... Say, <laughs> if you're
1: actively recruiting for the aliens thing, I'm confident that we could sign up, and we might be absolutely, able to bring yeah. another podcaster or possibly yeah. two with us. Yep,
2: nice. Yeah, yep. I know, I. I some I ran Aliens for us last time. Yeah, I, I ran Aliens last time, and I would love hmm. a chance to go ahead and play it. So that would be, uh, I'd yeah. be absolutely And if we're
0: playing that, so. Colonial Marines, I'm just thinking if I could get somebody who's a cousin or a brother to Lerone, that would be mm. awesome.
2: Oh, cool. yeah. So uh, from the, from the was um, a show stealer in ours. Yeah. Yeah. From Chariot of the Gods, one of the characters in there, uh, Nika played him as if he was from like deep South Louisiana. And it was just like, uh, it was amazing. Anyway. All that to go ahead and say, Adam, thank you so very much for coming on the show today. It's been an absolute pleasure to talk to you today. Please let our listeners know where they can find Snyder's Return and where they can go ahead and check out all this great content that we've been talking about this morning.
4: Oh, thank you to each of you. Thank you, Josh. So you can find Snyder's Return on Twitter at Return Snyder. We are on Instagram at Snyder's underscore return. You can find us on most pretty much podcast apps, podcatchers, however you choose to refer to them. You can find us on YouTube. You'll find a lot of our audio interviews are being turned into, vid- air quotes, video content. There's a static image, but it is, if you choose to listen to interviews on YouTube, then you can have yep. the pleasure of my voice over the top of your TV screen or <laughs> phone screen or computer screen, whatever. There will be video content coming for that. TTRPG reviews, maybe some more interviews if I get brave enough to put my face on camera. We do have a Discord. It's a growing community. It's pretty small, pretty it's full of lurkers and people that just want to, to... We're all nice and polite. There's not a big happening, but we can certainly give guidance if you're looking for specific games or want to find other communities to join and, and be part of. We're here to support others as, as much as looking to support ourselves. We do have a Patreon. I wouldn't recommend signing to it just yet because there's very little there because I don't have the time with everything else. But there is a Patreon. More stuff to come on that. Oh, we do have merch, but it's in its infancy, should we say. So that's on Redbubble
2: awesome
1: amazing so if you don't Wait, mind adam i'm actually going to resell yeah. your patreon for you even if he doesn't have a whole lot set up if you're enjoying the show oh, yes. and throw him yeah. some ducats and support the show help with this has <laughs> costs the podcasting is not free <laughs> lights have to be kept on sorry adam i couldn't help it yeah, uh, no, you said I you wouldn't it. recommend people supporting you i'm like no you can't say that
4: you can uh, please you can download the episode <laughs> you can come and say hi and on the discord you can follow us on twitter and instagram and we'll the engagements we get there are greatly appreciated and most of the time at some sort of level of shock that people actually still want to, that do follow us and want to support us. If you can't support us financially, that's totally understandable. If you can, then that's all the more appreciated. But thank yeah. you, Glenn, for throwing out there.
2: Thank you very much, Adam, once again for popping on here. I'm happy to go ahead and talk to you and everybody out there listening, go check out Snyder's Return. That's a fabulous show. The content that we've, uh, that we listened to uh, to go ahead and get prepared for this episode uh, really kept drawing me back in. That was a good time. Yeah. Thanks Thanks again. Thanks Adam. Have a great night. Thank you for joining us. This has been Tabletop Journeys. We would love to hear your feedback on our show today. Join us at www.ttjourneys.com where you can subscribe to the blog to leave comments and see all the content that we publish beyond the podcast.
1: You can also stay in touch by subscribing to our Twitter, at TT Journeys, by joining our Facebook group, Tabletop Journeys, or by sending an email directly to podcast at ttjourneys.com. And remember, if you want early access to all of our episodes, a chance to drop dice with your favorite hosts, and maybe even appear in one of our actual plays, you can join our Patreon to help support the show at patreon.com forward slash ttjourneys. You're listening to us
0: on Stitcher, iTunes, Podchaser, Spotify, or Audible. We would appreciate it if you would like and subscribe to the podcast on that platform. Full episodes come out every week on Saturdays, and every Tuesday features our actual play episodes. Thank you for listening and for being a part of our growing community. And in the words of another traveler along our path, we did you shade and sweet water.